Father Jack, at this time, was having perhaps the most uh, nationally noteworthy of these ministries. I also heard of him in this uh, time period, although I was just a whippersnapper of a college student at that time. But Father Jack embraced this whole ministry to the counterculture idea and decided to go, instead of just to any college campus, to the, co the college campus where all of the radical stuff of the 60s was taking place. That is Berkeley, California. And he formed there an organization called the Christian World Liberation Front, uh, which I thought was cool because, uh, um, you know, that whole, the whole idea of changing the world and, you know, the students for a democratic society. He's just sticking it in their faces. Well, he turned from being this kind of conservative-looking college professorial type to being a guy with a long beard, uh, flannel type shirts and, and these, you know, blue jean things that, look, you know, just bib overalls, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he began working there on, on the campus and uh, achieved some uh, national notoriety when he was photographed uh, baptizing people in the fountain. Um, and. Uh, at, at Berkeley, and I, I actually saw his picture in Look magazine uh, when they did a uh, special on the Jesus movement about 1972 or, or something like or that, that vicinity. While there, of course, he, he uh, taught, uh, he and Esther had uh, people living with them in their, their home. They uh, ministered to a large number of people, and there were some significant contacts made there. I think... Um, Father James, you were there, weren't you? And uh, Father James Bernstein was there uh, in those days. And one, uh, Carl Bartke, later Father John Bartke, uh, was uh, present, and I'll come to that story later too, was present at a Bible study that Father Jack taught in the 1970s in, in, in Berkeley. By 1973, 1972, 1973, these ministries were progressing with varying degrees of success, but there also began to be among them a sense that, that uh, they needed connection with, with uh, one another. Brana and uh, Ballou were, had just come out of that split in the church in uh, Santa Barbara, and by Father John's account, he says, uh, during one of the, the visits that he had with, with uh, Richard Ballou in the afternoons, he said, during one of those visits, I remember saying, Dick, if I split one more time, I'm going to be a schizophrenic. I split from the Covenant Church. I split from Campus Crusade for Christ. I've split from everything I've ever been in. And if I split again, there's only one place left, and that's inside me. And I don't want that to happen. With that kind of a sense that, uh, that they peeled off from one thing to another to another, Braun and Ballou in particular felt the need to connect again. And within a few minutes, he said they called Peter Gilquist. And within a few days, they went up to Berkeley to visit with uh, Jack Sparks. And that began a kind of rumblings of an idea of trying to work together uh, again, in July of 1973, 
A number of the uh, former Campus Crusade for Christ staff members were scheduled to be in Dallas, Texas for a Christian publishers convention and the suggestion was made that they gather together as many of their former colleagues as possible just to see if they could establish an informal network to try to encourage each other, see what, what uh, might happen. Recognizing they were all trying to build house churches in the New Testament pattern, whatever that might be, and see if they could work together. And in that meeting, about 70 people came and participated. There was, was no wide consensus to start a new organization out of uh, that. However, there was an agreement that among several of the participants to just meet together again, to uh, relate to each other on an informal basis and just get together and see if something might happen in the future. So in the fall of 1973, a group of about 28, according to my research here, uh, met at Father Jack's home in Berkeley. And this was the group that, that from which came the leadership of what became the Evangelical Orthodox Church. They decided that they needed some leadership and they used a really profound criterion to determine the leadership. They said, anybody over 40, you're an elder. <laughs> that was it. The uh, initial six elders uh, that were chosen, there were Ray Nethery, John Braun, Richard Ballou, Jack Sparks, Ken Bourbon, and Gordon Walker. Notice a name that's missing. A few months later, Peter Gilquist, who was only 33 at the time, came and insisted that he ought to be added to the leadership group <laughs> <laughs> as well. And it was decided that he should be because of the nature of his relationship and giftings and so forth. So the group of seven elders was, was uh, chosen and included those uh, seven men. Now what they agreed to do then was to continue to meet together quarterly. That's every three months for a week at a time to study to have personal and ministerial accountability. They didn't want to be off alone uh, anymore. And also to try to come up with some kind of coordination uh, of their efforts. How could, you, how could we work together to better fulfill the things of the kingdom of God? Ron, Baloo, and I were meeting once a week in King City. And I was studying the ancient church. And that was a huge basis for the way in which things were later formed. I should also have mentioned, although Father Harold wasn't part of the seven, he was a campus crusader and was involved in the uh, military branch, I guess you call it, of campus crusade. He actually came to Alaska because of Campus Crusade sending him up up here, and therefore had some connections uh, in terms of relationship from those those Crusade days as well. As they began to meet regularly, late 1973, remember, then on into 1974, one of the great questions that came up was this still still the question of the church. Well, let me say uh, another thing first. They recognized 
that they had a calling to work together at some, at some level. Now, at this point, I don't think it was as clearly defined as it, it would be by 1974 or 1975, but that sense of, of uh, having a calling together to work to establish churches, to build churches, to grow churches, that sort of, uh, that sort of thing was, was really clear to them. 